Welcome to Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. Thanks for allowing us to share this time with you. Honestly, it's our favorite time of the day where we get to hang out together and talk about how the truth of God's Word can make a huge difference in your life. And that's what we're going to hear from Richard in a way that only he can do with words of hope, insight, and humor. You may be stuck in traffic or stuck in life. Either way, today's message is going to help get you on the right track as you learn how much God loves you right where you are. So let's get right into today's talk. Here's Richard Ellis. The title of today's lunch talk is Gone with the Wind. Now, what do you think about when I say gone with the wind? What? Scarlet O'Hare. What else? What else could this be about? Civil War. What else? Controversial line in the movie. Well, it couldn't be about that because I can't say the line here, can I? I'd be controversial if I did. Believe it or not, I've used that line in an ad. I won't use it here, though. What else? Gone with the wind. What do you think about? What was it? It's gone. Money, gone with the wind. All right. Somebody said tornadoes up front. They just came back from upstate New York where there was a tornado. They usually don't have them up there, and it hit. Pretty much everything gone with the wind there when a tornado hits. All right. Here's what we're going to talk about today. Gone with the wind. And I've got about three or four passages. We may or may not get to all of them. But let me talk to you today about some things that are gone with the wind. In Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 through 6, which is the whole first psalm, and this is a great one to remember, it starts out like this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Blessed is a man who does what? He doesn't walk, he doesn't stand, he doesn't sit around people. Counsel of the ungodly. How many times have you sat in a group of people? Let me just make this suggestion. Don't ask, if you want godly advice, don't ask ungodly people for godly advice. If you're trying to get an answer to a question and you want to know what God thinks about it, number one, ask God. Number two, read what he says in the book if you want godly advice. There's a whole lot of it right here. And then seek out godly counsel, godly advice. There is great security in that. In a multitude of counselors, there is safety, the Bible says. But don't go asking people who don't give a rip about God, don't know God, and are going to do whatever they think is best, whatever's right in their own eyes. Don't ask them for advice about stuff if you want godly advice. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor does he stand in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But what does he do? Verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. That's where you're going to be blessed. When you delight in what God says and what the truth is and you live it and his law you meditate on day and night. David said over in Psalm 119 verse 11, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. You cannot sin. Now listen to this. You will not find yourself sinning in your body unless you sin first in your mind. Your body will only do what your brain tells it to do. And if you run thoughts through your mind, if you let yourself live in fear, instead of finding out what God says about fear, you let the doubts come through your mind, you, you let evil thoughts, the enemy hits. It's not a sin, by the way, to be tempted. It's a sin to sin. Does that make sense? When you're driving down the road and you look up and see you guys see some girl and Ooh, wow, what? maybe I should go back around the block. You know, what was that? It's one thing to notice a beautiful woman. It's another thing to try to figure out how to take her home. 
Okay? And you can go on and on. There are things that we're all tempted with. You're tempted to say something. You're tempted to go somewhere. You're tempted to do something. You have a thought that goes through your brain. It's when you lock in on that thought and dwell on it and meditate on it. You can meditate on good and bad stuff. But if you have a thought about what a sorry whatever your ex-wife or husband was or is, as the case may be, and you take that thought and start feeling hatred toward that person and run with that thought, guys, you're going to get in trouble. The person who delights in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night, that is the person who's going to be blessed. And you say, well, how do I go all day long thinking about God and his law and his word and all that? I'm going to make a suggestion. If you wake up in the morning, read the book. Spend some time here. And if something grabs you when you're reading, get a little index card, write the verse down where it's found and shove it in your pocket and go through the day. And when you get clobbered, pull that card out and say, now God, what were you trying to tell me this morning? Let's think about this, not what this is running through my head, because this is going to get me in trouble. This is going to save me. I want to meditate on what you say, not just what I think and what the enemy hits me with. goes on, verse 3, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You get a tree that's planted out away from water, unless there's underground wells or springs or something, a river underground, and no water, it doesn't rain, that tree will die. But if a tree is planted by a river, it will grow, no matter what, because there's always water nearby. If you delight in the law of the Lord, you meditate on His word day and night, you'll be like that tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also will not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. That is what people are looking for. People don't want their lives gone with the wind. They don't want to be you know, here today, gone tomorrow. People want some stability. They want some foundational stuff in their life that will last. And they want to prosper. You want your life to work. There are some people who sabotage their life. And some of you today are literally sabotaging your own life, your own future, God's plan for your life. Anybody doing that? Know anybody doing that? Every time God tries to do something, you sabotage it. You shut it down because you're afraid. Now listen to this. Some people are afraid to succeed. Some people are afraid they're going to make it. Maybe because somebody told them they wouldn't or somebody in their head is telling them they can't. Now I know people, and I'd like a little input on this. There are things that kids hear when they're kids that affect them for the rest of their life. And I've had two or three conversations last week about this. So I'm going to bring it up today. What if you had a parent who said to you, don't think it hurts the team? Would that affect you? You think that kid would want to think very much? What if you had a kid who was told you'll never amount to anything? Now this one I don't think anybody means maliciously, but listen moms, I don't care how much pain you're in, do not tell your children you almost died when they were born. Because <laughs> a child here has almost killed my mother. That is not the most encouraging thing to hear from your mother, that you almost, you know, she almost died when you were born. Kids don't understand that. What else do people hear do you think that damages them? Anybody? You're stupid. Any negative comments? Any negative comments? Specifically, though, you're stupid. I know a guy when he was a year and a half, I believe, and somebody over here can substantiate it. Was he a year and a half old? You know what I'm talking about. He was about a year and a half old, and his father looked at him and told him to shut up. And you know what? He did for like two years and has been in speech therapy and stutters a little bit when he talks. He shut up, all right. He was terrified to speak because the dad just told him to shut up. What else? You were an accident. So you spend your whole life thinking, you know, I'm just an accident, waiting for somewhere to happen kind of thing. And 
Imagine that. You were an accident. We didn't want you. We didn't plan you. You're just like a wreck out on the road. You're just an accident. Anybody else? Don't eat that. You're going to get fat. Dixie? If I had it to do over again, I'd raise puppies. Woo. You, here's another one. You can't do anything right. You're not as smart as your brother. You always or you never blank. Whatever, fill it in. What else? My life was just fine until you came along. What else? You're ugly. Can you imagine a parent saying that to a kid? I talked to a guy two days ago, and you know what his dad or his mom, I think, said to him one day, I hate you. That's one thing for a 15-year-old kid to say that to you as a parent. You know this too will pass. But a small child, guys, does not understand, I hate you. What else? Get out of my sight. Get out of my sight. They do. They go get the street. They do. They leave. You're right. What else? Anything else? You're just like your father. There you have it. I think I'm going to shut this portion down right now. All right, now here's my point, guys. We all get this stuff from somewhere. If you let these thoughts go through your head, you believe this stuff that people say about you, and you don't find out what God says, the devil will take this stuff you heard as a little bitty kid and run it through your brain subconsciously till the day you die. You'll go to do something. You'll be hit with fear. And the devil will say, well, you know what they said? You'll never amount to anything anyway, so just back down. You can't do that. Find out what God says. Meditate on what He says about you and your life. And you know what? You'll prosper. Now, some people say, well, you'll prosper. That means I'm going to get rich and live in a big house in the suburbs or whatever. Guys, there's more to being prosperous than stuff. I know people today who'd give up all their stuff to get a kid back who'd give up all their stuff to get a marriage back, that they spent their whole life working a job to get stuff and lost their family in the process. And they got a lot of stuff, or they had some attorneys have to divide up the stuff to see who got the stuff. Verse 3 again, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does, it will prosper. Verse 4, The ungodly are not so. It doesn't work that way for the ungodly. You know what it says about them? But are like the chaff which the wind drives away. They are gone with the wind. I've seen it in a movie or something. But you know if somebody harvests wheat the old way, they bring it into a, a threshing floor. And it's usually a hard spot in the field, way back where all these combines that would grind up the wheat. There's a threshing floor, hard clay spot in the middle of the harvest. And they pile the wheat out there and beat this wheat and then take some kind of pitchfork kind of thing and take that wheat and throw it up in the air, right? And what would happen when the wheat went up in the air? The wheat would fall, the chaff would be gone with the wind. It'd be gone. Guys, and there's a verse in here about this. When it comes time for the God of the universe to take that fork and toss up whatever comes down, stays, whatever gets gone with the wind, gets burned up in a fire somewhere, guys, I think I want to land on the threshing floor. I think I want to last. Do not end up like chaff in the wind. The Bible says here, the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, 
nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Now, I was about to say this. Do the right thing so that you don't end up gone with the wind. Okay, but let me preface that because so many times religious and church and all this stuff makes the emphasis on doing the right thing. You have got to be the right thing before you'll ever really do the right thing. You have to have a relationship with God. Do not go out of here and say, well, the Bible says I got to do all this stuff and that's going to get me into heaven. You cannot find it. The book says that it's by grace that you're saved through faith, and that even is not of yourself. It's a gift of God. It's not of works, lest anybody should say, you know, look what I did. It's all God. So you come to God and you say this, look, I got nothing to offer you, and I can't make this thing work, but I understand you gave your son. He died, was buried, and raised from the dead to purchase heaven for me, eternal life with you. And I'm telling you, I will take this gift. And it's not about a changed life. It's about an exchange life. I don't need my life changed. I need a new life completely. I say, God, here's my life. I need your life. So I'm going to swap everything I don't have for everything you do have. And then the God of the universe comes and lives in you and through you. And you have a relationship with him. And out of being the right person because he lives in you, now you have motivation to do the right thing. Okay? Do not try to spend your whole life being a good person and think when you get to heaven, you're going to say, well, God, look at all my stuff here. You ought to let me in. That's not how this deal works. You are a godly person because you know God and because God lives in and through you. The Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And I think I get more urgent about this every day. Something inside of me turns. This isn't going to last forever. And maybe it's just I'm having a pre-midlife crisis or something at 38. Guys, the longer you live, and everybody in this room has been here for a while, the longer you live, you know what? The more you realize you have less time to live. I know a man right now who's got plenty of money, but you know what I think is going on in his life? He's realizing he's run out of time. He can't buy anything else. He didn't want to buy anything else. And he is discovering that the stuff that he really wants and needs and is important to him, it's about people. And even if you get the people stuff nailed down, where you have a wife you love and you have kids, the better it gets without God, the worse it gets on the inside. Does everybody understand that? If your life calms down, you have your priorities straight, you have a good job, you have a good wife, good husband, good kids, lots of grandkids, and your life seems perfect, but you go to sleep every night with a big old hole in your heart, you wake up every day with a big old hole in your heart, you say, what is wrong with this picture? Why is it that no matter what I do, no matter what I have, no matter how I take care of my family, there is this emptiness, this longing, this lack of peace and joy, and something is missing. It's God. No matter how much you get right or wrong, guys, unless you have God filling that hole in your heart, you have nothing in the end. And the longer I live, the more people I watch squander their lives. I say, you know what? God help me to clearly explain and communicate the simplicity of the gospel and that there is nobody... In my own life and in anybody I've ever known, nobody will change your life like Jesus Christ. There is nothing like having the God of the universe living in you and through you that will prevent your life from just being gone with the wind when it's over. We used to manufacture women's apparel. My wife's a dress designer. And I used to say to her, I said, you know what, sweetheart, this is about people. In a thousand years, nobody's going to give a rip how many dresses we manufactured. In a thousand years, nobody's going to give a rip how many invoices you made out or how much stuff you sold or how many bonuses you hit or how many promotions you got. The God of the universe is going to want to know what you did with the life he bought and paid for 
whether you squandered it and did your own thing or you did something with it that will last for eternity. Now, what are you doing? You say, well, should I quit my job? No. What are you doing with your life that affects people for eternity? And what are you doing about your life that will affect your life for eternity? Ephesians chapter 4, 11 to 16. And here it's people who are gone with the wind because they don't know what they believe. And it starts out by saying, and he himself gave some to be apostles, prophets. He gave these people, these gifted people to the church, verse 12, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. There are people out there today, and some of them on television, guys, who are scamming the planet, and it is nothing but cash they are after. And they will tell you anything you want to hear if you'll fill out whatever size check and make some kind of deal. I'm telling you, be careful. Do not turn your TV on and watch some slick person on the tube suck you in and tell you something you want to hear and write them a check and your life go nowhere. Find out what you believe in the book. It's not about hand-me-down religion. Now, I'm going to say something pretty cut to the chase here. Some of you people believe what you believe because somebody else in your family believed it and you don't have a clue why you believe even what you do believe. If I said to some of you have been Christians for 30, 40 years, do you believe in this? And you'd say yes. And I'd say why? You know what? If you can't answer that question out there in the world, they'll eat your lunch. Why do you believe it? Well, my mama was a staunch whatever. My grandmother, I go back five days. You know what? They're all dead. Why do you believe it? Search the scriptures. See what they say. Get the book out. Say, God, is this what you meant by this? Ask questions. Don't float through life just believing what everybody tells you to believe or something that sounds good. Write me a $1,000 check and you'll be rich. God will bless you. You're going to be rich and you'll have these cars and all this stuff. Guys, that doesn't work in Ethiopia. The message ought to work anywhere on the planet, anytime with anybody. It doesn't work anywhere but America. You will prosper if you do it God's way, but you may not end up rich. Be very careful what you hear. You think, oh, I'm in debt. Now if I get right with God and send this check in, I'm going to get rich now. It's not like playing the heavenly lottery or something. I mean, it's, it just doesn't work that way. He says, find out what you believe. Don't be children that are tossed and carried around with everyone. If some new thing blows through the tube or the town and we buy into it and say, well, that sounds good. I'll believe that now. Back it up with the book. And then verse 14, he says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up into all things to him who is the head, Christ. You know what? Little kids believe whatever you tell them. Don't be a little kid the rest of your life. Find out what's true. Nail it down. Be flexible. Don't be so dogmatic you can't change your mind. But figure out what you believe about something and live it and stick with it. All right, then another one. We're almost done here. James chapter 1, verse 5 says this, Gone with the wind because you're double-minded. Now listen to this. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. You say, God, I need wisdom. Now guys, wisdom is not the same as education. You learn information. Wisdom is given to you by God. I know people who never got out of the sixth grade are some of the wisest people you have ever met in your life. 
They may not know a lot of information, but I tell you what, they can make a godly decision. If you want wisdom, you want some godly counsel, go to these people. If you lack wisdom, ask God. He'll give it out liberally. He's not holding back. Verse 6, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Verse 8, he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. You cannot live on the fence. You're going to either do it God's way or your way. You can't say, well, God, I want to go this way, but I do need some information, some wisdom about this. So I'm going to consult you here. You can't be double-minded, guys. You know who the most unstable people in the world are? They are double-minded people. If you feel, and you are a believer and you feel like your life is completely off balance, you can't get your footing straight, there's nothing solid under you, you just feel like you're getting knocked all around, then ask yourself, are you seeking God's wisdom or the world's wisdom? Are you going to do it your way or God's way? Which way is it going to be? If you are double-minded, you're going to be unstable in everything you do. Every job decision you make, every relationship you get in, raising your kids, it gets very old living an unstable life. Don't be double-minded. Go to God and say, God, look, I've done it my way all these years and gotten into nothing but trouble. I'm telling you, I need wisdom. I need to know what you want. I need to know what your plan, Not my plan is not working unless it's your plan. God, you've got to show me. I don't want to go do a little of yours and a little of mine. I'm here, God, and I'm asking you to tell me exactly what it is you want for my life, and I'm listening. You know what? God will just start pouring wisdom out on you, and you'll find yourself being more stable than you have ever been in your entire life. Now think about it. How do you know this is true? Think about people you know who are Christians, strong Christians, godly people, not religious nuts, not legalistic you know, rule-keeping people, but who understand grace, who know God, they are the most solid, stable people, usually, that you have ever met in your life. It's not they don't have any problems, it's not they don't ever make mistakes, but there's just something so solid about a godly man or a godly woman, right? How do you end up that way? You make a decision not to get tossed around and blown away by the wind of doubt in this case. Before Richard comes back to wrap things up for us today, I'd like to share a couple important things with you. Let me encourage you to take a minute and check out our website, richardellistalks.com. You'll find today's talk right there in the talks page, along with all of Richard's messages. You can even forward them to a friend so they can hear them too. You'll also find the prayer wall to add your prayer requests, a link to connect with us, the contribute page for you to be able to give to this ministry, a radio station finder, all our social media links, and much more. So check it out, richardellistalks.com. And Richard's back now to wrap up today's talk. There's one more, and I'll let you read this at home if you want to, but it talks about what I started out talking about. What I was trying to think was a winnowing fan. That's what it's called, either a pitchfork or a winnowing fan. But Matthew 3, 12, I'll just read one verse. It says, John the Baptist talking about Jesus says, His winnowing hand is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Gosh, it's, you know, you may or may not come here to get preached to. But let me tell you something. I don't know who's going to live. You say, well, now he's going to try to scare the hell out of us. <laughs> But you know what? I went to a funeral two days ago, or yesterday, 
you know what? People keep dying. I don't know what's going on out there, but people keep dying. And there's never a day in the obituary section where there's not people. Oh, what happened? Nobody died today. People just keep dying. And you know what? I don't know who they're going to be. I don't know if next week we come back and somebody who was in this room and you are this close and the God of the universe is throwing the weed up in there. Someone's getting blown away and you would get blown completely off the threshing floor, so to speak. And you are that close. Don't mess with God and don't mess with your own life. You say, well, I'm not sure I believe all that. Let me tell you something. The Bible says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. And I say this not even flippantly, but if your way's working, just keep it up. But if it's not, guys, and you hear somebody speaking to you in a day like this, in a room like this, then respond to it. Say, you know what, God, I think it's you. I got to do something about this. My life is screwed up beyond belief. I am unstable. I've got all this stuff. Enough's enough, God. I'm going to do something about it today in this room before I leave. I'm not telling you I'll be perfect till the day I die, God, but I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to follow you. I don't want to end up just gone with the wind, whichever wind it may be. This has been Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. There's only one reason we do this program, to take the planet with the good news of Jesus Christ. That's our message and our mission. And you have a vital part of doing that along with us. If you've been encouraged by these talks with Richard, be sure to share with someone about the change they've made in your life. And we'd love to hear your story as to how the talks have made a difference to you. Give us a call. We'd love to talk with you. 855-6-RICHARD. You can also reach us through our website, richardellistalks.com. And while you're there, check out all the fun and informative pages we put together for you. richardellistalks.com. While you're there, be sure to click on the Contribute tab at the top to send your generous gift. If the program is making a difference to you, your gift will make a big difference to us. Until next time, thanks so much for listening to Richard Ellis Talks.